about them Irish. I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship. This is the Four Horsemen Podcast. Pandemonium. College football is complete and utter chaos at the moment. Um, as you guys know by now, Coach Brian Kelly has left and accepted an offer at LSU. Uh, Monday early, reports came out that LSU was looking to hire uh, Brian Kelly. We all rightfully laughed at that because why on earth would a coach in his right mind lateral at best from Notre Dame to LSU? Um, and then shortly after that in, in the evening, we find out that Kelly had accepted an offer upwards of nine and a half million, probably more. Um, and it's official. He's gone. He said goodbye to the, the team this morning at 7 a.m. for about two minutes. Um, and we're in in search for our next head coach. So we're doing an emergency podcast uh, right now, the three of us. Um, I'm just going to pass it along to you guys. So, Steve, what was your reaction when this happened? Before we get into reactions... Really quickly, Um, earlier today, I made a joke that I was going to hang myself at 5 o'clock. I made a fake video. Everyone knows that was fake. We are around the holidays. If you are struggling, please get help. Suicide hotline. Talk to someone. There is strength in talking. There is no strength in holding it in. I've dealt with my own shit in the past. Just wanted to get that out there as a complete disclaimer. We deleted it off the pod account. Just for practicality reasons, I will not delete it off my own account because I will maintain it's a hilarious joke and a joke at that. But on the serious note, if you need help, please go get it. On to uh, my <clears throat> my reaction, Dylan, is I'm baffled. Um, but simultaneously, as as shocked as I am, because this absolutely should not have happened, I'm, I, I am filled with hope because, I mean, I, I Twitter all day. Uh, very vocal that I want Marcus Freeman. He's the guy, in my opinion. And if you, everyone on Twitter, and if you're not on Twitter, you you should be on there. Uh, Everyone has seen such an outpouring of support and cries from the recruits, from the recruits' families, like Tyson Ford's mom. Um, You know, like CJ Williams' dad was even said something. Like there's, all the recruits are saying, we want Marcus Freeman. All the current players are saying we want Marcus Freeman. All of the ex players who never played with Marcus Freeman are saying we want Marcus Freeman. So I, I think there's a, a universal consensus there. We're going to get into, you know, a lot of speculation and go through kind of the, the entire search right now and all the candidates. Uh, but as, as pissed as I am at Kelly and to be clear, I don't blame him for taking the job and the money. I blame him for in the capacity and the manner of which this was executed. Um, but it, as as pissed off as I am for losing the, our winningest coach in history, I'm simultaneously filled with a ton of hope because it feels like now we are genuinely turning, you know, shifting into the next gear that we haven't had. And that's that's why I'm hopeful. So. For me, this transition is what we want it, and it's what a lot of people want it. But in the future, you know, I'm seeing some people say, you know, I'm glad if Kelly leaves if it means it's Freeman. 
yes and no. Like, obviously, we want Freeman, and we're, we're going down that path. But the goal was for Kelly to kind of ride off into the sunset and give Freeman a little more time. That's been expedited. If it was up to me, Kelly, I would prefer Kelly still be the coach. Um, I think what we're going to, the decision we're going to make is ultimately going to make us better. But I think in an ideal world, Kelly hangs on for another year. Um, for me, and I think for a lot of you guys, you know, it's a business, we get that. But we all thought, and I, maybe it's true, but Kelly had really portrayed himself as a lover of Notre Dame, right? He grew up an Irish Catholic in Boston cheering for Notre Dame. He said this was his dream job. He's been here 12 years, um, from four and eight all the way to apply it two playoff appearances, possibly three. And just for the way to go down, it was as though he never cared about us because he didn't say he was in the meeting for two minutes with his players, as reported by many people. He hasn't addressed any of their questions. He has not addressed any Notre Dame fans. He hasn't said goodbye. Like, what is happening? Like, why are you reacting this way? Because, yes, I get it. You can go leave for LSU. But, like, if you've been at a place for 12 years and they've supported you through thick and thin, you th I think you're at least owed a thank you to the fans, to the players, to your staff, right? You've been looking kids in the eye and telling them, you know, what special place Notre Dame is and why they shouldn't go to the NFL or why they shouldn't go to another school. And here you are um, leaving without an ounce of respect for anyone. Um, and that leaves, a, I think, a bitter taste in all of our mouths. And I think we all hate him now. Um, there will be a time to praise him for what he has done and thank him for it. But now's not, not time. So, Pete, what, what do you got to say on this? Proverbs 10.9. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Brian Kelly, the former coach of Notre Dame football, is a snake. He did this to Cincinnati. He did this to Central Michigan. He did this to Notre Dame. Brian Kelly is a snake and a snake oil salesman. The only person he cares about is Brian Kelly. He sold three teams up the river. In the history of college football, there have been 12 coaches who have left their program after an 11 win or more season. Five went to the NFL. Five retired. Two went to another college program. Those two, Brian Kelly. Sure, we, we can talk about all the great things he did. I have multiple things in my basement of his. And he will talk about that one day. Today is not that day. And we're feeling like Cincinnati. Remember the Cincinnati game? Fans were still pissed at him. Notre Dame is not playing LSU in past 2037 right now. But when we play him again, we'll have probably have this podcast when we're old and gray and Dylan's young and spiteful because Canada, Canadians don't age. But we'll talk about how much we hate Brian Kelly for leaving us. So that, that, that's all I got. It, it's everything hurts. I was in a Burger King fucking parking lot. When I that. <laughs> yeah. But where I, were you when you found out this happened? I was in a Burger King parking lot. That's electric, one. Um, and, and two, I, I guess what I would say is I would be a little bit more lenient on him again. I, I, I would just be, um, you know, understanding but critical of the timing and 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 the manner of which it happened and it leaked what's driven me from 
being upset but understanding to extremely pissed off is the active poaching of all of the coaches. Because, I mean, to we're be talking— fair, that's pretty normal. Like, that's normal uh, for yeah. a coach to do. I do get that, but we are potentially three weeks away from a playoff game. Imagine if Freeman and Reese uh, joined him down there, along with Bayless and along with Mickens and along with everybody. Right? Imagine the entire Notre Dame team goes, what does Notre Dame do for, as a coach? Who do they hire? Like, I mean, th- like the joke has been going on, Lou Holtz, but like Lou Holtz, <laughs> right? what, what's what's our option? Because that's just insane. I mean, you would have to have Kyle Hamilton be the coach. Like it's, it's that's just preposterous. So um, the fact that he 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 slipped out, you know, he he, he secured the bag. You know, you go from making one point eight million dollars a year to ninety five uh, nine point five million dollars a year. Congratulations. You, you made more money. You, you got your market value. I'm happy for him. I would do the same exact thing if I were presented the opportunity, but in the manner of which you do it, you know, that the power makes the man. He ha- he held a lot of power at that university and and when in the the time came for him to exert it at the the moment to prove himself to have integrity, he completely and and totally shot everything ab- about it and and that is going to put such a sour taste in everyone's mouth going forward and and tarnished him, unfortunately, because he was a, a really good coach. He was a very, 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 very good coach. You could say great. And it really sucks that now we have to overnight not like the guy. But, like, why? That, that that's, the, that's the question. I know I sound like a pussy when I'm saying it like that, but why, Brian? Why, why'd you leave coach? Like, I know you don't have to give us a reason. I'm a 30-year-old man. You don't have to give me any reason. I, we'll find out more on his press conference tomorrow, but he's going to give that, that lip service of, oh, LSU is the place I want to be. You know, the same thing you told us for 12 years. Just tell us why. Tell us what you didn't like. Did you not, not like the restrictions that you had on recruiting? Did you not like South Bend Winters? Did you not like getting paid what you had to get paid? They're, you're 60 years old. You're not going to last 10 years. You're going to retire before that. It's a very confusing situation. And LSU won't win a national championship. Notre Dame will win a national championship before LSU does. Yeah, and and that's something I want to make a point on. This does not prove anything about LSU versus Notre Dame as a coaching job. Let's get that clear. Notre Dame, all things being equal, which is always the key there is the best or one of the best jobs in college football, especially now when Notre Dame is not in a rebuilding state. In 2010, sure. In 2021, Notre Dame is probably the most prestigious job you can get because you have a championship-caliber team in need of a coach and not much else. Um, The reason he's at LSU is that they offered him quadruple his salary. That, that, it's not that LSU is a better job. Central Michigan could offer double Nick Saban's contract and get him to coach them. That doesn't mean it's a better job than Alabama. You know, that if Notre Dame was serious about Nick Saban, and he'd be my first phone call, um, you'd have to double his contract, but you could do it. Not because Notre Dame's better than Alabama. I mean, there is a, a little bit there that he's won everything. What is there left for him to do? But if you put the money on the table, any coach is going to go for you. The comparison you want is Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman was down in Notre Dame and LSU. He was leaning LSU until Notre Dame made all things equal. He They matched, or they got close to matching. And once salary was near the same, 
he picked Notre Dame in a heartbeat because Notre Dame is the better job. So what I hate is the optics of this, making it look like LSU is this uh, this big program that Notre Dame isn't, or like uh, that stupid Oklahoma fan said today, uh, that clearly this means he doesn't think he can win at Notre Dame. Go fuck yourself. First of all, Oklahoma has been embarrassed in the playoff more than we have. Second of all, your program is a regional joke. You guys are historic and nobody even knows you. Like, get out of here with that stuff. You worry about Lincoln Riley leaving for a four and seven team, okay? Um, just stuff like that drives me nuts. That's what I hate about it is the optics. I hate the way Notre Dame is now being perceived because of it. Um, I know a big splash name would change that. I don't know if Marcus Freeman changes that for everybody, but he fixes the problem for Notre Dame fans and Notre Dame recruits, and I think that's all that matters. Now, I'm just going to say something. I'm going to throw this out there. There's no fact-checking at all. Oklahoma lost 20 recruits, let's say, a ton of people. Seven. 27, same thing. Spencer Rattler left. A tight end left. There's a mass exodus already because Lincoln Riley dipped. And I called it. I called it on Twitter. I said, they'll have an exodus and we won't because of exactly that reason. You don't play for a coach. You, You don't dream of playing for a coach. You dream of playing for a school. If Notre Dame did the right thing over these last 12 years and recruit Notre Dame men, they're not going to lose any. It, it does genuinely seem like they have. Uh, I mean, you've seen a lot of recruits, Nolan Ziegler mainly, uh, even Drake Bowen. Um, you know, they've, they've automatically come out and just said, you know, I've made the decision flat out. I committed to the school. And, and not for nothing. I, I could see committing to a coach if, if they're in a mid-major, right? If you get a really, really, really good coach at, you know, well, in this case, Cincinnati, then I could see you committing to him because it's like, you know, I'm, I'm maybe not good enough to start on, uh, you know, on Alabama, but I can start right away as a freshman or a sophomore at Cincinnati. And then this coach is the man. And like, he could really bring us to prominence. I can see committing to a coach in that instance, when it comes to a blue blood program, Alabama, you know, Georgia, Notre Dame, USC, uh, you know, name, name the major program uh, at, at, over the last 40 to 50 years. Um, I, I, you're committing at that point to the school. You're committing to the organization. It's like I'm committing to Notre Dame because I know, you know, we, I'm going to be on TV 12 games a year, 13 games a year. I, you know, I, I know that there's a certain there's there's just there's there's an aspect to Notre Dame. There's that mystique around it that you're committing to. So, and I. People have flat out said, like, even in that chat that was going on, that live chat on Twitter for that Mick Asaf was uh, was you know, leading, people said flat out, Brian Kelly is notorious for not loving recruiting. So it's like it's you, people were not really committing to Brian Kelly at all. It was always his uh, he's always had recruiting coordinators every step of the way. And most most colleges do. But like you can see every single recruit is tweeting about Marcus Freeman. There's a reason for that. And that's why this guy belongs at the helm. And, and maybe that's like kind of going circular and saying these guys are committing to the coach. But like, I think that there's also the aspect that there's enough, there's enough chatter and enough people saying I'm committed to Notre Dame. I'm not committed to Brian Kelly. And and that's the right mentality. All right. 
let's talk about recent developments with poaching coaches. Um, strength and conditioning coach uh, Matt Bayless has told his team he is staying at Notre Dame. That is a colossal victory. He's one of the reasons Notre Dame had bounced back um, with his program, uh, the reason why we're so good in November. Um, that's huge. Um, Tom Reese, there's been conflicting reports that he might go. There's conflicting reports saying he is inclined to stay. We do not know. I want to talk about Tom Reese. Um, we've we've expressed frustrations for him before, but we've always come back around to him because we're an emotional podcast just like you guys are with fan fandom. That's just how it is. There's moments where like he's got to go. But for the most part, we've defended Tom Reese. We thought he's improved a lot this year. What do you want? Do you want Tom Reese to be the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, or do you want him to leave? And regardless of your answer there, who do you think would be a good hire um, to replace him? Uh, keep keep Reese would be the ideal. If not, bring in Joe Brady or Just Malzahn. Now, I'm a big Brady fan. I've said this on the show a bunch of times. We've said it on Twitter. He's at he's an offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. It's possible that whole staff gets canned. That's why Matt Rule's been linked with Notre Dame. But do you think Notre Dame can actually pull him from an NFL job for a same position? I feel like you'd have to offer a lot of money and perhaps more money than what Marcus Freeman, hopefully, as the head coach, would be getting. I mean, I don't think he'll he'll leave. I just think just based off the the offensive system that he runs. Uh, and why, why not just have everything go on that way? Uh, I don't think Gus Malzahn's leaving either because he's, you know, the head coach of UCF right now. But I'm just thinking, I'm thinking of TB12. I'm thinking of him uh, really from Gus Malzahn's coaching tree. You can kind of look at the other players at Auburn when he was there Uh he was named the offensive coordinator under Gene Chizik. He took over. He led Cam Newton to the, the championship there. I can't find what where his coaching tree is on his Wikipedia right now. But someone like that in that offensive philosophy, that hurry up, no huddle offensive philosophy, make it fast, make it fun. Uh, that's what I'm looking for, personally. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm 50-50 in, in regards to the Tom conversation. I will I will absolutely defend Tom I, and and completely and totally uh, praise his growth and and his progression. He's shown it week after week, even year year over year. You look at you know what he had talent wise last year, and and he was a little bit more conservative for our liking. And this year with less talent, he's a little bit more aggressive, and, and that's great. So um, you know, Coach Reese has has done a good job. And there, again, there's a lot of guys clamoring for Reese right now. Um, you know. Guys that played with him, former players under him from just the last couple of seasons, uh, and then even current guys on the roster, uh, and and, a, and some recruits have have popped up on, on the timeline as well in his support. So, um, you know, Reese, he's 29 years old. He's he's got a bright future. He'll probably be a head coach by 35 to 40. You know, it, it, somewhere in that range. Like he's the, he's definitely talented, um, and, and but at also, I could see of the value in saying, "Hey, Tom, you're 29. You're you're two years into this. You know, you were Kelly's guy, but at the end of the day, this is University of Notre Dame. We're going through a regime change, and we need someone who's at their their peak, right? Instead of going with the the hot rookie, you want a guy who you know, a, 
a guy who scores 30 goals a, a season for eight straight years, if I could make a hockey analogy. You want that experienced veteran. And if you can get into a really, really awesome existing offensive coordinator, um, then there's value in that, right? It, because then then immediately you're stepping into, like there's no more growing pains or or fewer growing pains adapting to the new system. It's more so, it's, it's fucking go time. We know what we have. We know what we can expect. We have the talent. Let's make this work. Let's make this offense pop with an experienced guy. But... But Tom is has a bright future, so I'm 50-50. If we if he stays, I'll be thrilled. If he goes, I'll be excited about you know the potential for new growth and a new hire. So that's where I stand. Yeah, I like the way you phrased that at the end. Um, I, I will say this though: if it is Marcus Freeman who takes over, and we'll, we'll talk about the head coaching stuff in a minute. Um, that wouldn't be so much of a regime change. There might just be a continuation. And how exciting would it be if your head coach? and your offensive coordinator are 29 and 35 years old. Notre Dame all of a sudden goes from being a dinosaur to being hip, to being able to connect with the youth. Uh, Tommy Rees is a great recruiter from everything I've heard. Um, I think there's a lot of benefit to having Tom Reese around, and also Tom Reese deserves it. Um, like Mike Golick said it last night, um, Tommy got way too much flack when he was quarterback at Notre Dame. I was like... 12 years old, and I remember that. He was really heavily criticized. He did way too much, more than deserved. And he's, as an offensive coordinator, he's been heavily, heavily criticized. Um, And it could be Kelly. It could be Kelly's offensive mind. Maybe we'll see an unshackled Tommy Reese completely implement what he wants. Um, But I think Tom deserves success at Notre Dame because he is such a Notre Dame guy through and through. And I think... Um, regardless of whether he leaves. If he leaves, he's earned that right. Credit to him. We'll support him. I, I won't be mad at him at all like I'm mad at Kelly. Uh, Tom should do what's best for Tom. He's earned it. Um, plus, he wouldn't leave in the way Kelly did. Um, but if he stays, I'd love to see him succeed. And you're right. He is an up-and-coming coordinator. He is a smart mind. He has played the quarterback position. He has a great relationship. I mean, Ian Book cannot stop saying nice things about him. Um, he He works. Um, so, you know what, I think, I think I do want Tom to come back. Um, and I think, uh, I, I think that's going to happen because reports are that, well, Matt Bayless decided to stay and the Notre Dame administration is currently trying to convince Tommy Reese to stay. Now, as somebody pointed out on Twitter, you don't do that if you don't know who your next head coach is, because if you don't know who your next head coach is and you bring him in or her, they're going to bring in their own guys or girls to go with them. So if you are trying to keep Tommy Reese and you don't know who your head coach is, what are you doing? Um, so clearly to me, and I think to a lot of us from what we've heard and what speculation there is out there, Marcus Freeman, I think, is the guy. I think they're working on negotiations. I think sometime this week that'll be announced. And I think that's why they're working on Tommy Reese, because you want Marcus Freeman to keep him. Um, if Marcus Freeman wasn't the guy and you're going out to get Luke Fickle, well, then what are you fighting Tommy for? Because there's no guarantees Fickle comes in and keeps him. Um, and then by that time, Kelly may have already picked an offensive coordinator at LSU. So I think that does uh, show their hand a little bit. But I'm interested in what you guys think of the head coaching position. I think we're all in agreement that it's Marcus Freeman, although my first choice would be Nick Saban. So Marcus Freeman's my first realistic choice. Um, I'd give Dabo a call even. Um, but after that, I think... Fickle is great, but but Freeman is the Notre Dame guy. We know him. And I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on that. I said this to a friend of the program, Robbie Toma. 
which is a weird, very weird thing to say, that Robbie Toma listens to our opinions. Uh, that's beside the point. But Robbie was talking about Tommy and uh, Coach Reese. I would love for him to be the head coach, but uh, only if Carlo Calabrese can be his get-back coach. That's no comment from the past. No comment. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, what do I think about this head coaching search? I think it's bullshit. I don't want to do it. Um, but November 30th historically has been a shitty day for Irish fans. Uh, 17 years ago to the day Tyrone Willingham was fired. Uh, 12 years ago to the day Charlie Weiss was fired. And today, Brian Kelly had a two-minute meeting with his team and left with his tail between his legs. Uh, so that's what I think. I I think the search is going to be over quicker than you think because December 15th is a very important day in recruiting. Um, and I do think it's going to be Freeman. If it's not Freeman, I don't know enough about Fickle to have an opinion either way. So that's where I'm at. <clears throat> yeah, um, definitely 100%. All in. All in. Throw every chip imaginable in the entire casino at Marcus Freeman. Um, as I've I've pointed out, I would rather be uh, I, I would rather be too soon in hiring him as a head coach if he's quote unquote not ready than be too late. Because if we are too late, he's at another school, and if he's at another school, that team is going to be unbelievable in in about you know three to five years, right? So um, I I'm all in on Marcus Freeman. I just think he has that factor, everything about the man and the way he conducts himself. I mean, you look, there's an outpouring for the guy. Everyone seems to love him. This guy is just flawless in every aspect, it's seemingly, right? So that's obviously choice number one. Choice number two, I will go with Luke Fickle here. Um, you know, just given that it seems like a, a pretty easy move for him to make. Um, you know, Midwest guy, I guess he's he's Catholic, and, and that's still obviously of importance to the university and, and the institution um, and, and a lot of fans as well. And then, you know, he's he's obviously done a decent job of recruiting and he can coach a hell of a football team. So uh, so look, Luke Fickle would be my number two. I'm just, you know, I'm so excited by the the concept of, of Marcus Freeman and, and what he brings uh, that that's what has me leaning with with Freeman. Uh, and then the out shot, the outside shot, you know, number three, I would go with Urban Meyer. And I don't even like Urban Meyer. I actually dislike him a lot. But if we are going to get 2015 Ohio State as 2023 uh, Notre Dame, I'll take that. I, I will absolutely take that. Um, yeah. I just, I don't think he would come here, but that's my thoughts. Yeah, and, and of course you don't, a, a big sexy name like that, like an outside hire would jolt some energy in the program. Um, and this is an opportunity to do so. Notre Dame's been in its best spot forever. You can go out and get the best coach possible. Um in, in, in relative to what Notre Dame could have done. Um, but Marcus Freeman is the right guy. I just, I think, and, and like you said, Steve, you'd rather have him too soon than miss out on him. And my opinion is this is not the time for Notre Dame to play it conservatively. We are too close that I would rather make the risk, like in a football game, I would rather go for it on fourth down on the 35 than kick a field goal. Because winners take risks. Marcus Freeman, we are all very confident, is the guy. He is 
extremely charismatic. He relates to people. He's a great X's and O's guy. We've seen development from the defense over the course of the season. I'm confident he's the guy. You're confident he's the guy. Dear listener, you're probably confident he's the guy. I've seen polls showing between 70 and 80% of us want Freeman to be the coach. Just take the risk. To me, this is the perfect time because his ceiling is higher than any coach out there. Because we don't know what Luke Fickle could do at Notre Dame. Maybe what he's done it since he doesn't work here. We don't know if Urban Meyer or Bob Stoops has the chops to come back. We don't know if Matt Rule can come back after the NFL and do what he did at Baylor at Notre Dame. So, I, yeah, let's take the risk. I know I'm confident in my guy. I know he's high ceiling. Let's go get it done because I think he pushes us over the edge. So... This is more so about LSU's new coach. Uh, they had a picture release that said, like, finally got our guy. Or, hi, my name's Brian Kelly. I'm your new football coach. The body language is very telling in the photo. So if any of you want to go over to LSU's football page on Twitter and look at that photo of he's Kelly. Literally a, he's literally a businessman. He's a corporate what? lawyer. Looking at that photo, if skepticism was in a visual dictionary, this would be the definition of it. I He's no Coach O. Those players down there bought into the Coach, O's, Coach O ethos, and he's going to have to rebuild that whole fucking program now. He's not going to get his guys in there right away. It's, it's going to be a disaster. Why didn't you? Just, why didn't you just stay, Brian? I'm not even going to call you coach right now. Why didn't you just stay? Like you're going to have to rebuild a whole program. It's going to take till year five or six of the program for you to rebuild it your way. And by that time, the Bayou isn't going to want you there. And if you steal Jay Bramblett, so help me God, if you fucking take Jay down to Louisiana with you. I'm going to have some very harsh words to say. Nobody gets between P and his punter. Nobody puts Jay in the corner. <laughs> but Jay does put the ball in the corner. Which hey! About him. But, um, Do you guys want no, to talk I'm... about the recent playoff ranking? Are we done with this coaching stuff, or is there more to say? Because we're all in agreement here. I think everybody knows the candidates by now. Um, yeah. I, is there anything else to say? I've just been refreshing Twitter for the entire time that we've been talking, and nothing's happened. So I'm just going to keep doing that over here, and if something happens, I will break in. Uh, but right now, it's all quiet on the Western Front. Uh, no bombshells no bombshells are being released uh, right now, but uh, I go through different accounts, and I follow the same accounts on both, uh, but I'm just refreshing my page in hopes that some news will come up. So the playoff ranking came out tonight. Notre Dame is at number six. Um, I am a little surprised because, like I had said, once you put Oklahoma State over Notre Dame, that's it. You cannot walk that back because Notre Dame does not have another game to play. Now, of course, if Baylor wins, you can. But if Oklahoma State wins, you can't put Notre Dame ahead of them the next week. You just cannot do that. They've, they have decided that should both teams come down to the wire, it will be Oklahoma State, which isn't good. We would have preferred it the other way, but we get clarity on it now. We now know we need two of those four to lose. Georgia beating Alabama is option one. 
Iowa beating Michigan is option two. Houston beating Cincinnati is option three. And even then, we do not know. Maybe they'd put the head-to-head over Notre Dame. We just are basing that off of how Cincinnati's been kind of mistreated by the committee. And then four, um, Baylor beats Oklahoma State. Um, There is a chance a two-loss Bama would stay in over Notre Dame if they were really that hesitant on the Irish. I think that is unlikely. Um, But we want a blowout there because a blowout would confirm that that game isn't wasn't close, and they are not a top 14. That's what we're looking at. However, news broke that somebody on the committee had said that coaching and player availability can impact the decision, and it has, in fact, been factored into Notre Dame's ranking. Now, a lot of people say that's not fair. Uh, Pete Sampson had pointed out that he never thought in his life he would see Notre Dame being the scrappy underdog, but the truth is a lot of people are rooting for Notre Dame now. Uh, Big Cat on Twitter um, has said he's cheering for Notre Dame because the coach left them. Um, I've seen Nebraska fans say as such. It's a weird time. We are in a very weird situation. The committee doesn't like us. Um, the college football fans love us, and we have no coach. It is. It is. If you would have told me at the start of the season, hell, if you would have told me at the start of the week that Brian Kelly would be coaching LSU by December, I would have thought we hit a multiverse parallel situation um none of that makes sense but here we are so that is the playoff situation steve i want to get you in on it what are you thinking what do you think notre dame chances are and which games do you think are most vulnerable um in favor of Uh, notre dame real quick i got maybe breaking news here jeff quinn offensive line coach over to lsu all right, there's a, there's a lot of people right now who are wow. very happy. That was, that was a rush. I Again, this is from Wikipedia. I got in a weird spot where I found this news, but it looks like Jeff Quinn, as of 10 hours ago, will be at LSU. Unverified. That's, this is that's Wikipedia. Okay, that's an unverified report. Don't want to break news here on the podcast that isn't sourced. Um, But I will say if that's true, A, I think it's likely. I think the most likely candidate to leave Notre Dame is Jeff Quinn because he has been with Kelly forever. And Kelly seems to be the guy who really loves him. There is a segment of this fan base that hates Jeff Quinn. We have turned a bit on him as a coach because of how poorly the offensive line was. However, they've improved. And I think recruiting has always been good. Sure, not as good as his his, uh, his heir or his predecessor. Um, but he's still put together good classes. I don't hate Jeff Quinn. I know a lot of you do. If there was anybody to leave Notre Dame staff, I would have wanted it to be him and then probably Dell Alexander. Not that I have anything against Dell either. I just think Notre Dame can reinvigorate the program by investing in offensive line and wide receiver coach, which would jolt us in recruiting. Um, so that's big news. If it's true, again, uh, P just took that from a Wikipedia update. We'll, 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 we'll work on finding that out. Um, but Steve, let's go back to you there with the questions from the college football playoff committee. Yeah. So just, uh, obviously we kind of got a little off track there with the Quinn news. So, so just go back to the playoff, uh, is the question here, what team, what games am I looking at? What teams I want to win? If you could just refresh me and the, the listeners. Yeah, so one, what do you think the chances are Notre Dame gets in now that we see that we're six? 
Um, and then two, uh, which of those four games do you think are most winnable for, from a Notre Dame perspective? Yeah, uh, definitely. So in regards to, do I think we get in, it's honestly just a 50, 50 chance. We're just, it's, it's a coin flip. Um, we need Georgia to beat Alabama that opens up one spot and that is pretty likely. Um, and then you need either big. Taylor to upset Oklahoma State, or you need uh, Jesus. Who, who's the? Uh, you need Iowa to upset Michigan, right? So you need one of those two to happen. Um, I hope it's Iowa upsetting Michigan, just because I don't want them to have the CFP clout. That's my preference. So that's kind of how I I think that you know, in a perfect world, we see Georgia win and Iowa win, and then we just we we backdoor number four. And at this point, your your question is, what is it? Who do I want if we were to play the playoff or which game do I think is winnable? No, I just meant which of those four games do you think are most likely to break Notre Dame's way? Like, OK, yeah, between so those four I, games, I think it's one. most likely that Baylor wins. OK, and then Georgia Bama maybe next. Uh, I think I think Georgia and Baylor both win. I think that is the most likely scenario. Yeah, I think and, they agree. And then in, in that case, you have Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, Notre Dame. God, I would much rather play. Uh, actually, I don't know if I want to play Michigan or Georgia. That's a great there's question. The, there's the potential. Now, about this, if we, if in that exact scenario I just laid out, if we can pull off the miraculous upset against <clears throat> against Georgia, there is a distinct possibility that we would be playing the national championship against Michigan. That's exciting. Oh, I don't want to dude. think about that. That's exciting, man. <laughs> if there's one thing I'm cowardly on, and I'm usually not a coward when it comes to playing teams and going for it, I like to be risky. But the one thing I cannot stomach is losing to Michigan in a playoff game, never mind a national championship game. No, thank you. I, I would that, rather play Cincinnati. That would be devastating, but I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you what has really gotten me through all this. That video that the Notre Dame official account tweeted out of Matt Bayless saying a scared team is the most dangerous team that there is. And not a scared team, a, a pissed off team. And this team is angry. They are upset. And they're going to use that hatred and that, and that as fuel. And there's the potential if we get our guy, which I believe and all of us believe is Marcus Freeman, if we get Marcus Freeman, if they if the winds just kind of fall the right way and we get into the playoff, I think we can beat Georgia and I don't see us losing the championship game. I think this can happen. And can you can you write a more astronomically incredibly incredible script than this? Winningest coach in history who's led you to a championship and in th two playoff performances but can't win the big game leaves in the middle of the night. And then your 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 guy who was just too young but also simultaneously kind of anointed the, the, the head coach in waiting, you know, has to step up sooner than expected when his number is called and gets this program over the hump. I mean, what are, like I have goosebumps right now just thinking about what could possibly play out like that is crazy, man. What we need is some of that dark side force using ability. So for you familiar with Star Wars, 
Um, Notre Dame is a Jedi all the way, right? They're, they they use only the light side. There's no passion in them. They're good to a fault. And what's happened with Matt Bayless firing these boys up is we've got a little bit of that Sith energy going. We we're gonna we're gonna lean into those emotions and show a whole new level of ability. Um, so pardon me being a nerd there, but that's exactly what I was thinking about. Is we need a little bit of nastiness. We've been we've been the good guy, even though everyone hates us. We've been the good guy. We've always acted as the good guy for far too long. Let's get nasty. I want to beat Georgia. If you want to get very nerdy, then you'll go with the the gray Jedi code. People can look it up, but I'll let you get back to we need to beat Georgia. Yeah, I mean, we owe Georgia a loss. They should not have beaten us twice. They got lucky in at least one of those games. And I think there's nothing more Georgia than blowing it in a playoff game to a team you've beaten twice. So I don't think Kirby Smart's particularly great. Um, I think their defense is amazing, obviously. I think their offense is solid but not scary. Anything could happen in the game. I'm ready for it. I'm not afraid to play Georgia. We're going to play them tight, or we'll try to at least. Uh, maybe we'll blow them out. Who knows? Um, but I think Marcus Freeman is that first step because the guys want to play for him. And that's what's important to me. I'm not an expert. P-Wagon is more of an expert, but still not an expert. Steve is not an expert. We don't know anything. I'm an about what, idiot. Well, we know that. But we <laughs> we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, Right. So I will trust the experts, meaning the Notre Dame players, recruits, staff members, media members, former players. They are all screaming for Marcus Freeman. Therefore, I scream for Marcus Freeman. I can also think for myself and come to that same conclusion. But sometimes you have to listen to where the voices are coming from. And when all the people who know what's best and who are closest to the situation are in agreement with somebody... That's a good sign. That's a really good sign. So, P, I don't know if you got any other news to break. Um, do you have any thoughts on the playoff? <clears throat> yeah. Um, just gambling-wise, it's not going to matter with the Oregon-Utah game. I'm just going down the list right now. Baylor's a five-point underdog. They opened up six and a half. Baylor's going to win that game. Um Georgia's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. They opened up at four. They're going to win that game. Bama might cover, but they're going to win. Uh, Houston's a ten-and-a-half-point favorite. Bama's going to lose. No, they're going to cover. Georgia you, said, you said they might cover, but then they'll win. I, I, I just want to make sure people know. I know. <laughs> Georgia will win. Bama will cover. Houston's a ten-and-a-half-point dog. They're 11-and-one. And, and does everyone know the only loss that Houston had on their schedule this year? Would anyone like to guess who they lost to? Cincinnati? No, Texas Tech. First game of the year. And Texas Tech is a 6-6 six and six Big 12 team. They won 11 that... in a row. That's what I'm saying. Since he might have won 12 in a row. 11 real games and one bullshit game. But Houston's hot. Houston should not be a 10.5-point dog. I could see them winning outright. Uh, I could see Iowa, another 10.5-point dog, 10-2. And, and Iowa's losses, when you really break it down, they lost to, and we're doing some fact-finding as I talk here, they lost to Purdue, whatever, and Wisconsin. So Iowa's a weird team. If they win the turnover battle, they'll beat Michigan. They have a very, very good defense. Their offense is abysmal. I don't think they're, I don't think Michigan's all that cracked up to be. 
So they struggled a lot against a down Penn State. And, and they lost you know, to Michigan State. People forget. I, I I don't know. Like the whole thing is gonna be interesting to see what happens. Right now, the final bowl prediction from he who shall not be named uh, is a Fiesta Bowl against Ole Miss. That doesn't move any needles for me. Like, whatever. Yeah, playoff over a bowl game, but if we don't get the playoff, just give me the easiest New Year's Six bowl game possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, really quickly, um, do, you, do you guys want me to share the last couple of recruiting classes from LSU just so we kind of, Okay, yeah, so this is how we're going to kind of gauge what uh, what former Coach Kelly is walking into. So um, just going all the way back to the 2017 class, because that would be his redshirted seniors, basically his graduate students, and then I'll move up from there. Uh, they were the number seven recruiting class in 2017, 2018. They took a step back. That is the number 15 overall class. Those would be your true seniors or redshirted sophomores. So right there off the bat, I mean, your your redshirted seniors and graduate students, they are a pretty, pretty damn good. But your seniors here, um, you know, there was a precipitous drop off. So his leaders that he's walking into year one uh, are who knows? I mean, they they could end up being pretty damn good, but it, it was their weakest class overall. 2019, true juniors, redshirt sophomores. Uh, that was the number five class, which is obviously incredible. The 2020 class, true sophomores, redshirted freshmen, is the number four overall class. And then the incoming freshman class is projected to be number three as of now. Uh, and then next year, he has the 2022 class already at the number six overall so that's kind of what kelly's walking into um i wouldn't be surprised to see him struggle in year one i don't really want to talk too much i don't know and any before i give my thoughts and just ramble like an idiot is there any reaction you guys have to that information he is turning down better recruiting classes to have a shot at recruiting in lsu despite the fact he doesn't like to recruit Got it, coach. Makes a lot of fucking sense there, doesn't it? Dude, that's a meme. That's a fucking meme if I've ever seen one. Like, what's he complaining about? You don't recruit anyway. Like, why? He's what? such a... Anyway, if you're joining us again, we just have to edit the podcast because we got way too not safe for work in our <laughs> words for Brian Kelly. Um, I hope that goes zero days since our last nonsense. Yeah, and we'll still probably make this an explicit episode. We've never done that before, but I think there's something to it. We might just put that one on this on this podcast. Um, look, we we're upset, obviously, not mad, betrayed. It's it's the betrayal. It's I can't believe you're going to LSU, who's in the SEC West, and they're about to get Texas and Oklahoma in that conference. And SS, uh, sorry, LSU is awful. Like Florida's been awful at times. Um, Texas A&M has been awful. Auburn is currently pretty awful. Like, what do you think you're going... You Do, do you realize the rebuilding you have to do there? I don't know. Um, but as far as recruits go, Steve, Notre Dame's got the better talent. It is going to stay that way because Marcus Freeman will bring in the best talent Notre Dame Facts, has. baby. Facts. That was all uh, I had update. to oh, Jesus. Just as per the Chris Zork podcast, who... 
uh, I did meet when I was there, which is pretty cool on my part. Uh, Joe Theismann believes that Marcus Freeman should be the next coach at Notre Dame. Uh, it's as per the Chris Zorick podcast. He is currently on with Wes Pritchett, Tim Brown, and Joe Theismann. Uh, four people I would love to have a beer with. Uh, so right now you're getting Heisman winner, Heisman runner-up, endorsements for this guy. Make the move, Jack. Just do it. I, I, I must say, if he screws this up, if he screws this up, Jack should be tossed. It, he should be fired. Hold on. Because no, 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 no. He should be. He should be fired. I'll, I uh, non-violently fired. One, one, one thousand that, percent. That is the most malpractice I have ever seen. If he has a golden ticket and refuses to cash it, it is a layup. Do All the right. right thing. All right, hold in. Hold up for a second. Jack Schwarbuck has proven time and time again that he is the smartest man in the room. He is one step ahead of everybody. He knows his stuff. He got a historic ACC deal for Notre Dame. He got a historic jersey deal for Notre Dame. He has single-handedly built the college football playoff and then expanded it for Notre Dame. Jack knows what he's doing. If he doesn't pick Freeman, I do not think it's automatically a bad decision. I think there would be reasons to go elsewhere. Yes, we want Freeman for sure. He could still mess it up, and maybe we could talk about that. But I trust Jack, and I think they're working on an agreement as we speak. I think I think the decision has been made, um, but that's just speculation. That is my total speculation and opinion. I have no sourced information there. Let's just let's just trust Jack. Trust Jack. He knows what he's doing. He's a he's a longtime lawyer from Notre Dame and then Stanford. He's a smart man. I trust him. Give him a break. Let's just hire Condoleezza Rice. Just go, go full chaos and hire Condi. Why not? We're I love Condi. Uh, let's do it. Oh, Can oh, I here's have... a fun, here's a fun fact. It just popped up in my memories just now. This is the eight-year anniversary of the Auburn kick six against Alabama. Fuck you, Alabama. Uh, can I tell you all a fun story that has nothing to do with? playoffs coaching searches being betrayed or anything like that is just me being an asshole go ahead so i got a gift card uh you know those like american express vanilla ones i had 25 bucks on it uh and i was at notre dame a couple weekends ago and i got drunk uh at corby's and (laughs) mrs p wagon and i went back to the air Airbnb we're staying at. She went to bed. Uh, I ended up ordering insomnia cookies, drinking a pint of milk, and eating five cookies. That's not important to the story, but it is because I used the gift card, which I thought I used on the cookies. It turns out I did not. So I go a couple days later to a home goods. Do they have home goods in Canada, Dylan? Um, I'm sure there's an equivalent. I, I don't know. Whatever that is. It's like a, a Tim Hortons without the coffee. So I go to Home Goods. I'm going to buy a blanket. And I swipe the gift card. I thought I had $25 on this gift card. I did not. I had three cents. So I said, oh, pay for the blanket and left. Get home. And I get an email that my Jack Cone signed jersey has shipped. For the exact amount of $24.97. I won an auction 
hammered for a Jack Cohn signed jersey. I was drunk off my ass bidding on a Jack Cohn jersey who played one season for the Irish for $24. And it's going to be it's going to be a national championship winning season. That must be That's a knockoff, a right? How do you pay? How do you win a, a, a signed Notre Dame jersey for twenty four dollars? It's JSA authenticated, and no one was bidding on it. Like, like I, can't, I don't can't know. the owner just be like, "No, this is a three hundred dollar value. I'm not going to start the bidding at twenty five dollars." It was on pristine auctions. Like, <laughs> this is a legit company that I bid on stuff for. So now I have a Jack Cohn jersey, who presumably, if they win a bowl game or the national championship, will probably be one of the MVPs. And I got for twenty four dollars and ninety seven cents. We are going to win the national championship. We're going to win the national. It's just, it, it's too serendipitous at this point. It has to happen. It is literally just mwah, chef kiss. It has to be. It, Pete, I'll let you take, take a look through the news if there's anything else that's happened. But um, in the meantime, I think we'll just kind of wrap it up here. We had, had a, a, an emergency pod for you guys to uh, walk you off the ledge. Um, Steve's still on the ledge, so just watch out for him. Literally. Um, you know, Notre Dame. Lost Brian Kelly. They're going to find someone else. Recruits have not fled. Um, Devin Moore, a three-slash-four-star defensive back prospect out of Florida, has decommitted. But if you read his letter, it seems more of a let's-wait-and-see kind of decommitment rather than a I'm-leaving-for-another-program decommitment. Uh, P, do you have breaking news? Uh, the Fresno State quarterback entered the transfer portal. Don't care. Uh, that's but no, he's going to be a Heisman front runner next year. Probably going no, to he's Washington not because first. it doesn't matter where he goes. He's not winning the Heisman. TB12 is fair enough. Uh, but very that, good. That's point. All I, I unfortunately, as of eight thirty-five p.m. today, there has been no more breaking news. Well, fair enough. That's a good spot to wrap up. Do either of you have something you want to say before we uh, say goodbye to the listeners? <clears throat> Go Bears, I.O., W.A., go Tudors. I won't say the one about Georgia. Go Irish. Marcus Freeman forever. Forever. You know, Steve's got the best content when it comes to videos and memes and pictures. He's been working so hard at it. Um, you can find us at Horseman Pod on Twitter to support. If you like this show, you can give us listener support uh, through Anchor. You'll find that link in the podcast description. It's also our pinned tweet. Um, like, rate five stars on Apple Podcasts. We love having you. We did a Twitter Spaces last night. We had a great turnout. Um, we might be doing a little more of that to interact with you guys. Um, we appreciate it. We know this is a really challenging time for everyone, um, both as a football fan and it's that time of year. So... Um, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Uh, breaking news. Brian Kelly term sheet with LSU shows he starts with $9.5 million in basic pay, including $500,000 annual longevity payment. It goes up to 9.7 for 10.5, 2031. I honestly 10.5 million. So 
he's going to get 9.5. I'll, I'll break this down so everyone can understand. Oh, I'm, I'm looking at the tweet as we speak. It's by Steve Berkowitz. Yes. So he's going to get a $1.2 million house in the bayou, which I'm pretty sure is just an entire block. Um, <laughs> he gets a loan for that to assist with the home purchase. And then he's going to start at 9.5 with a 500 mil longevity payment. He'll get another 0.2 if he stays for 23, 24, another 0.2 each year preceding that. So it's going to be what? Two, four, six, eight, another million dollars essentially if he stays until 2031. That's it. There's nothing else. We're Go up. Irish. Go Irish. Irish. I'm low key so drunk right now. <laughs> this might be all should i keep that in should i should i just keep that part in that that would be electric if you did <laughs> I, I could i can make that fade